I really do wish I learned more in industrial arts. It was eighth grade. I didn't want to build with anything except Legos, but our teacher was teaching how to use a bandsaw and table saw, but I didn't really care. And it didn't seem like our teacher cared too much either. He probably took one look at me and thought, that boy's going to be an accountant. So he let me and a group of other band students sit on the floor by the door during class and talk about our other classes while the other students learned in that class. And I did learn just enough to pass the class and move into ninth grade. But now I'm a homeowner and a pastor. I really wish I learned a lot more in industrial arts. Most of my building and remodel projects are much more DIY than DIY. I have botched much more than I've built. But I've learned something valuable about building. I've learned there's really no good way to know just how much is just enough. How many screws will keep the whiteboard on the wall? Do we need eight? Can we get away with just six? What about just four? How about one on each corner? How many nails will keep the wall up? Just how much caulk will keep the rain out? Just how much is just enough? But we don't really know. And neither did Noah. And I'll tell you his story right after this. Hey, good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to LJ Harry, and you're listening to Perfect Pitch on Simplify. Now, some of you music aficionados out there are saying, wait a minute, you hold that podcast microphone, buckaroo. Perfect Pitch is a musical term, not a construction term. And you are absolutely right. Perfect pitch is the ability to be able to tell what note you played just by hearing the note you played. You can't even see the note you played. You've got a 1 in 12 chance of getting it right by chance. That's amazing. But this is not about music. It's about construction. And I think you'll see. God told Noah God was going to destroy everything that breathed and start all over with him. God promised to wash the world of wickedness, start over with Noah. Happy Father's Day, Noah. It's pretty hard to find a cordless drill to give a father as a gift whenever the whole world's underwater. But among the millions, one man did find favor with God. And God gave Noah some pretty detailed blueprints to build a boat to save himself, his family, anybody who wanted to get on board, and the entire animal kingdom. So Noah, his wife, and his sons, and their wives, and maybe some hired help, built the ark. God told Noah how long to build it. How high to build it, how wide to build it, where to install the window, where to set the door. He told him to waterproof it with pitch, with tar, inside and outside. But God didn't tell Noah how much pitch. That would be up to Noah. Just how waterproof do you want that boat, Noah? Noah could have hired an engineer. It would take a lot of time and a lot of money to drain all the resin from all those trees and then chop down all those trees and mix it all together to make a pitch to slather between the boards. Noah didn't have unlimited time. He was fighting the clock. Too much tar might take too much time, but too little tar might mean they all drown. Noah never knew how much pitch was perfect. And God didn't tell him either. All that was up to Noah. How safe would he want the ark to be since his and his family's lives depended on it? But God did tell Noah to waterproof the ark on the outside and on the inside on the outside where everybody could see, and on the inside where only Noah, his family, and anybody who boarded the boat could see. If you're a parent, 
if you're a foster parent, an adopted parent, a grandparent, a step parent, if you're a, a nana or a papa or a papa or a mima or a mimi, if you're raising children or raising grandchildren, even if they're not your own biological children, but you are responsible for the souls and the lives of children, of students, of teenagers, I want you to please hear me today. We're building a boat. This boat is going to help us get from here all the way to heaven. So please be sure to slather some pitch on the outside. Bring your family to church. Bring your children to church. Bring your students, your teenagers to church. Don't just drop them off. Come with them to church. That's slathering some pitch on the outside where everybody could see it. Everybody could drive by and see if your car is in the parking lot. But you're not just coming to church to check a box. You're spreading pitch on the outside of the boat you're building to show your family and the world that you are a follower of Jesus. And when you get there, pray before service starts. And when service starts, sing. Even if you can't sing, sing anyway. That doesn't stop me. Worship God. Clap your hands. Raise your hands. Return your tithe. Give your offering. Bring your Bible. Open your Bible. Follow along in the Bible. Come to the altar. Pray on the altar. Stay a little while after service and fellowship with the people of God. Slather pitch on the outside of the boat to keep temptation and anxiety and anger and depression and addiction on the outside. But here's a little secret. I don't know how much pitch is perfect pitch. But if my soul and Andrea's soul and McKenna's soul and Rayleigh's soul partly depend on how much I waterproof the boat, I'm going to make sure I use more than enough than not enough. I don't know how much pitch is perfect pitch. I don't know if you can only come to church on Sundays, skip Wednesdays, and still go to heaven and take all your family with you. I don't know if you can stay home two out of four Sundays a month and still go to heaven and take all your family with you. But why would you skimp on the pitch when so much is at stake? Last year, I was incredibly blessed to preach Georgia teen camp. 195 12 to 15-year-old teen campers worshiping God together for a week. It was a beautiful sight to see and sound to hear. It was a little hot on the outside, but it was beautiful on the inside. But I was only one hour away from Truist Park, where the Atlanta Braves play. Since the 1990s, I have been a Braves fan, an avid Braves fan. One day I may get to see them play in person, but that day is not today, and tomorrow doesn't look good either. <laughs> but during that week, we talked about the Braves. We talked about them during the day. We talked about how good they were back in the day. We've talked about how we hoped they would be good that day, and hey, they went on to win the World Series, so glory. I really enjoy baseball. I understand why so many families enjoy it too. I understand why they enjoy band. I was at band back in the day. I understand why they enjoy football. I was actually part of the football team. I was the <clears throat> the hydration engineer. Yeah, that's all right. You can laugh. I was the water boy. I understand why they enjoy basketball. I understand why they enjoy... I don't understand why they enjoy soccer, but that's another time. But my hair gets a little grayer and a little thinner. When I hear families tell me they won't be here on another Sunday because there's another game or tournament or practice or recital or rehearsal or competition. And it's not because I don't like baseball. I love baseball. It's because I don't know how much pitch is perfect pitch. I don't know how many services a family can choose sports or activities or hobbies and their son and daughter will still choose Jesus when it is their time to choose. I don't know if you can take them away from church 
to a game or tournament or practice or recital one Sunday a month or two Sundays a month. I don't know how much pitch is perfect pitch, but I do know so much is at stake. When you bring your family to church on Sunday or to kids' church or youth group or you come to Bible study in the midweek, you're, you're dipping the branch back in the bucket and you're spreading a little more pitch on the outside of the boat and you're telling your kids, we need to be in the house of God. Even if you have to tell the coach or the director, I'm sorry, but we don't come to these events, these games, these recitals, these rehearsals, these tournaments, these competitions. We don't come during church. You're spreading a little more pitch to keep your family safe. If your kids make the team and even make it to the pros, but they missed heaven, they lost. It doesn't matter how many championships they win. It would be wonderful if our kids could always have it both ways, but at some point they will likely have to choose between Jesus and something else. We need to teach our kids, not only with our words, but with our actions and with our joy. Maybe I'm not trying to keep you from having fun. I just want to make sure this boat we're building is going to get us from here to heaven. So as for me and as for my house, we will serve and we will choose the Lord. When Noah was finished spreading the pitch between the boards on the outside of that ginormous barge, he was only halfway done. It would have been easy for him to nod his head, look around at everybody else nodding theirs, and finally be glad to be done. That thing was huge, but it's waterproof. Pitch on the outside, family in, flood out, check. Why would we spread any pitch on the inside when it's already all there on the outside? Water can't get on the inside when it's sealed up on the outside. Isn't that how water works? Isn't it just enough? just to cover everything that can be seen on the outside. It's time for lemonade in a hammock. And maybe it was necessary, maybe it wasn't, but Noah didn't take chances. He picked up his buckets of pitch, all his branches, he used his brushes, and he walked to the inside of the boat, and he started all over on the inside. But that was the part only Noah, God, and Noah's family would ever see. But he did it because his life, his wife's life, and his son's lives, and their wives' lives might just depend on it. I will never see if you have a place where you spend time with God every day, but your family will. And maybe you can just come to church and come to the altar and talk to God on Sundays and still go to heaven, and maybe even take someone with you on the way. I don't know how much pitch is perfect pitch. But every time you kneel at that chair in your house to pray, not just God's house, but your house you are dipping the branch back in the bucket where only God and your family will ever see. And you're spreading a little more pitch to the inside to make the boat safer for you and for them. When you leave your service, you may go home and never say another word about what you heard in church. And that might be okay. You might even be able to go home and tear apart everything the preacher preached. But if you do, you are trusting that the pitch you spread on the outside just by going to church and making faith a Sunday life is good enough to keep the flood on the outside when the rain falls. But when you go home and you ask your family, so what did we learn today? And you talk about the word of God and your experience you had with God while they were there. You're dipping the branch back in the bucket and spreading a little more pitch on the inside. Depending on your tape measure, Noah's Ark was at least one and a half football fields long. It's a lot of work, but it's worthwhile work. Now fast forward a hundred years and Noah and his family were sailing into the ark and they divvied up the chores. Short straw has to clean up after the elephants. While Noah's boys shoveled in the food and shoveled out the exhaust, I can see Noah walking around each deck, running his fingers along the gopher wood, worrying and wondering as he hears the rain pounding if he spread enough pitch between the boards. But at that point, it was too late. Noah remembers being generous with the pitch, but it would have been very easy to skip a little. 
While he built, the sun was shining, birds were singing, there wasn't a cloud for miles. The boat sat on dry ground for a hundred years. But when the rain fall and the floods rose, Noah was so glad. He spent all that time to spread all that pitch on the outside and the inside. While you have your kids at home, spread as much pitch as you can. Be generous with the pitch. She might just be three and the sun is shining, the birds are singing, she is smiling, and there isn't a drug dealer for miles. But there will come a day when she will choose between Jesus and anything else. On that day, you'll be glad you didn't just settle for the minimum amount of pitch. He might be in middle school now and pretty sheltered. But when his tenured, degreed, respected, renowned philosophy professor opens up college freshman year, asking if anybody in class is still foolish and primeval enough to believe in a God science has already disproven, you will wonder and worry if you took him to church enough and spent enough time with him outside of church to firm up his faith when it is tested. Long before the boyfriend comes along, long before the alcohol comes along, long before they have a crisis of faith, spend your sunny days now dipping the branch in the bucket and filling the gaps between the boards with pitch. Be generous with the pitch. Don't just settle for perfect pitch. Too much is at stake. I want to pray that God would help every one of us, parents and grandparents, step-parents, adoptive parents, foster parents. I want to pray God would bless every one of us to bless our children and our grandchildren, that God would help every one of us to spread as much pitch as we can to make the boat we're building as safe and as sure as we can. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for every parent, every dad, every mom, every grandparent, everyone listening to this podcast, everyone who one day will be parents. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, help us. Help us, God, not just try to get by on the minimum, but help us to do everything we can. I know we can't save our family, but we sure can help provide an atmosphere where they can be saved. I ask you today, help us to do our very best. Help us, Lord, to provide as much as we possibly can so when it's time to choose for themselves, they will choose you. Help us to choose you today so they will choose you one day. I love you today, Jesus. I pray you'd give us convictions and help us to share those. Help us, Lord, even if we're not comfortable talking about the Bible because we don't feel like we know enough, I pray help us to talk about it anyways, to start conversation, continue conversation and grow in our faith with you on the inside and the outside. I, I ask you for this, and I praise you, and I thank you. Give every one of us courage. Give every one of us wisdom. And keep your hand upon our families, I pray, as we head from here to heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, thank you so much, Simplify listeners. Be sure to click subscribe or share so you'll never miss an episode, and nobody you love and care about has to miss an episode. This might even be a little way to spread some pitch on the inside and outside by helping them hear some of these devotions to help them in their walk with God. Thanks to everybody I had the privilege to meet at Kansas, Nebraska camp. For all those who came up to me and told me about listening to Simplify, thank you so much, Kansas and Nebraska. It's a pleasure to have you as a part of our Simplify listening audience. And speaking of our Simplify listening audience, I've got some wonderful news we hit 100,000 downloads this past week. Thank you, thank you. You're too kind, you're too kind. Yes, let's see if we have four more years. Thank you so much for all those who have been listening and continue to listen. We're going to continue to grow in our relationship with God, so keep on sharing, keep on listening. 
God is doing some wonderful things. I've got some great resources for you. A couple books I wrote. One is called Simplify that launched this podcast. It's a devotional. You can pick that up at PentecostalPublishing.com. Also, 10 Words, a practical look at the Ten Commandments, also available at PentecostalPublishing.com. Both of those are also available on Amazon for Kindle and available at Paragraphs Bookstore, very charming bookstore right here in Mount Vernon, Ohio. So if you're in the area, stop on by. You may have to dodge some branches on the road because of the tornado we had, but they are open and they will happily help you out to find those books. Next week, I want to share with you a devotion that while I pray, bring joy to those who are ready and conviction to those who are not. I want to share with you a devotion called Jesus is Coming Back one of these days. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you, and I'm looking forward so much to talking about the coming of the Lord, and always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.